Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. Let me just uh, adjust my tie here. <laughs> All right, this is the Honorable Sam, a.k.a. the Chief Presiding, and I'm bringing you another special podcast series on In the Can. We're talking Bluff City Laws. It's our first live episode. That's we got dressed up like an attorney would, a respectable attorney in Memphis, uh, to talk to you about Bluff City Laws. as part of the Barnburner Podcast Network, so check out www.the-barnburner.com for other content. And also other podcasts, Backdoor Cut, Grit and Gridiron, and Theater and College Hoops. Now members of the jury and barn listeners, we're going to get right into the law of the Barn City. An innocent girl is dead. The shooter is not the only one responsible for her murder. The real trigger man is sitting right over there. He's hosting messages filled with hate to this legion of followers. They seem just as responsible for it. You're talking about limiting free speech. It's not illegal according to the First Amendment. I was encouraging people to stand up for their beliefs. That should yank you out that box. You're a disgrace to this nation. New Bluff City Law, next Monday on NBC. All right, we are in episode four of Bluff City Law. Welcome to the show. Uh, we've been doing a series on the show, and we're already in episode four. I feel like the show's flying by. Tonight, I'm joined by my co-counsel, Barnburner Bro, a.k.a. Zach, uh, who is here to help me defend the case of this show. Uh, let, let's do a little quick plot summary of this guy. So we got, after a young woman is murdered, Elijah Anthony take on hate speech in a case against a controversial leader who is represented by Elijah's old friend and attorney, Rachel Madsen. So, you know, we get, we get a pretty early controversial episode, you know, kind of hearkening back to some of the uh, Charlottesville stuff, some of the right-winger, you know, white supremacist stuff. So there's pretty deep themes in this episode. Uh, you know, what, did, what were your general thoughts about this episode, the content they tackled and how, how good of a job they did or how not good of a job they did? Yeah, I definitely felt like this one was more of a intentionally, like, very relevant very intense episode kind of like the the one last week with the guy wanting to change his age like i feel like that was kind of goofy but obviously this episode tackles blatant racism and also freedom of speech and a lot of different topics that people you know are hotbed topics in today's age uh, day and age yeah for sure uh, and then of course the, we got the first amendment is the is the big kind of law issue here um you know there and there's a girl murder during a, a white riot and uh, the girl's parents are suing the dude who incited, allegedly incited the riot, saying that, hey, dude, you, you, like, you got all these dudes riled up. And you know, so now my daughter got killed in this, so therefore like, you, you owe us money. Uh, and, and they, the defense, and this guy is claiming, like, look, it's free speech. I can, I can uh, like, say anything I want as long as I don't like, directly incite violence. I could say whatever I want. I can believe whatever I want, which is true. It's one of the, the, you know, the hardest, hardest held uh, beliefs in American law, you know, the first amendment. It's like literally the first amendment. Yeah. And he's, um, he's not even there at the riot. If I'm, if I remember correctly, he's just, he's live tweeting the event, but he's not like performing the acts of acts of violence or protesting even. Right. Yeah. So we see, you know, we see that, that happening and, and we see a kind of a weird episode from Sydney, you know, she's not, she's kind of like going into a will, I believe you're going to have to fill me in on what's going on with her in the will. Um, and then, and then we got, uh, uh, Jake is still dealing with his 
ex-client George, the, the, the criminal that he's now gotten out of jail, who's going through his own mental health issues. Uh, and, and he's uh, kind of figuring out what he's going to do now that he's out of jail. Like, that's always the question once you become institutionalized. So he, we, we find him kind of figuring that out. But um, what, what, do you, what did you make of the uh, will plot line, like the uh, estate planning plot line? Yeah, that one was kind of hard for me to follow. I felt like with the George, you know, we kind of got to know him a lot more last week. His relationship with Jake's becoming pretty interesting. And Jake even at one point says, like, uh, George asked him, like, why are you doing all this for me? He says, well, because I'm your friend. And you can really, like, Jake, I mean, they feel like they continually break down Jake's tough Northeastern guy exterior and make him, like, a pretty lovable character um, at this point. Uh, Just like Tom Brady, you know? Yeah, like a, yeah, goofy exterior, but you know, killer in, inside. Um, maybe kind of the reverse of that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but the the will plotline, I didn't follow that as much. Kind of at that point, it was harder to pay attention when you knew you had like such an intense main plot going on. It was kind of like an easy spot to zone out a little bit. I thought. Yeah. So that kind of I felt like they tried to do three different things at once. Most of the other episodes have been like main plot secondary plot having a tertiary plot also is kind of a little bit confusing to follow yeah that's always the problem when you have these ensemble casts you got to find something for everyone to do uh so that's that's always the difficult part but um you know and and we we see uh we see more about kind of elijah and anthony's style in the courtroom um i will say dude tough like so we saw this this uh this episode being cast, they had like that flyer that went out, you know, that was like casting extras for this. So like essentially seeking like males age 20 to 25 white, um, you know, clean cut or whatever. And I knew immediately what they were getting at, but dude, first of all, no way am I going to play an extra as a white supremacist in a show that will like always exist. Like imagine like if you're, you're just like applying for a job and some guys like, yeah, dude, like I saw you like, I know it was a show, but you, you can't just hold picket signs like that. No way. That's following me around for the rest of my life. Like yeah, I'm that... scrubbing my Twitter, deleting all white supremacist propaganda, and then I'm good. But like insane move to to be like fully vocal and visible in those scenes. I don't know about that. Yeah, that's a tough hang, and I, probably a lot of people felt that way. It didn't look like the the crowds were very dense yeah. in the in the riots themselves. Like if you if you see one on TV. Or, you know, God forbid you're part of one, they all look much more dense than the one that was on the show tonight. Yeah. I think uh, I think they you know, extras on television shows like this network dramas probably don't make like so much money. So you're probably getting like fifty bucks in a, a catered lunch, uh, and then you call it a day. But uh, I thought that was interesting that the that, that they managed to cast some people to come out there and do that. Um we, we got the visual body cam evidence too. You know, we had the cop body cam, so they kinda hit on that as well. That that sort of hot button issue and Elijah used the, the switch back and forth from the tweets to the moments that the violence occurred, you know, on the cause body cam to pretty good effect with the jury. I thought, yeah, I thought Um, that was a really cool uh, way to use his case. That was nice. Yeah. Then he pump faked the jury with that whole, like, did he actually get pissed at the guy? And like, he threatened to essentially murder the white supremacist defendant. Like he says, Oh, to take you out of that stand and beat your ass. I'm like from that. South Memphis. I'm from Don't South you forget. Memphis. This is how we talk in South Memphis. <laughs> I've never been there. But yeah, I, I, I just can't fathom his voice. It really just annoys me. Uh, apparently it doesn't bother people as much, though. Like, apparently, like, many people are like, no, it's fine. It's like, but is it? Like, I don't, It doesn't bother me, really. Yeah, I don't I know. Don't, I, just, I don't think I, twice about it. I think he's doing too much, but I don't know. Uh, so we, we got that going on. That was a pretty good plot line. Um, and then George, we see playing in the uh, Court Square Fountain. 
Uh, you know, he's, he's excited. All he wants to do for his whole life is play in the uh, Trezzi Fountain in Rome, Italy, for some reason. I don't know why that's his dream, but it is. And he just wants to emulate that, but he doesn't have the money to go do it for real. Fun fact, you and I have been there. That's correct. And yeah. it was totally closed and uh, not you could that could not exciting. have played in it. So yeah. honestly, really good George didn't go in the summer of 2015 because then he would have <laughs> stared at a fountain under construction. Uh, and so his dreams would have been dashed and he spent all that money for nothing. Yeah, people were still throwing money in the empty fountain, though. Mm. We probably did that, too. I don't, I don't remember. I don't necessarily remember much. We just went and got gelato yeah. multiple times. A lot of gelato. Ooh. A lot of gelato. So, George, if you go to Rome, don't worry about the fountain, dude. Yeah, Just dude. get gelato. Yeah. Uh, well, okay, so what other Bluff City sites do we see? We got Court Square, got a you know a big scene with George playing around in there. Kind of a silly, a silly moment amidst the very serious courtroom drama. We had Flight Bar. Uh, we have uh, Elijah and... His old friend and attorney, Rachel Madsen, go kind of have dinner at flight and they sit at the bar another night. Uh, also, they got history, dude, for sure. Like, are we think, do we think they banged? I, I'm like, I would assume there yeah. was a lot of uh, tension a lot of, there. A lot of sexual tension for yeah. sure. Yeah. Uh, so Elijah's a dog, as we find out again oh. and again. Yeah, I think that, I mean, and she talks about being on the road a lot and, you know, working. It, it's just a scenario where, you know, that had to have happened. Yeah. And we we know he's he cheated multiple times on his wife, you know, and so it's just a, it's just classic classic Elijah, really. Uh, but that was a a, a a side there, a little sidebar. Uh, it's usually legal terminology. So you were saying Bluff City sites. So the uh, <laughs> nice. Yeah, got you. The uh, the psychiatrist. So um, what's his name? Jake and George go to uh, a psychiatrist's house, and on the bluff. Oh, that was a psychiatrist's house. I thought that was Jake's house. I just, I don't know. Maybe I misread. I don't know. I, I, I thought it was the way, doctor's someone, house. Someone's got a dope ass house on yeah. the bluff that overlooks the river, which is sweet. Yeah, that yeah. that house was phenomenal. You see the barges going down the river. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, some shots at the end of uh, Elijah and Sydney are down near the train station, and you can see arcade it, uh, restaurants in the background. It's kind of blurred out, but it's definitely there. Shout and out arcade. Um, got some murals there, and they're talking about. Flowers, and I believe again about Sydney's um, mother. Mm. Again, at that point, um, another sentimental moment for the father and daughter in the show. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, the, a lot of walking under bridges on like Main and Front Street. Definitely Front Street. I think Main Street. Also, I think they were at the uh, Main Street down near Carolina Street where Ghost River kind of is. I think they were walking down there, but for sure Anthony and Elijah were walking down Front Street kind of on the other side of that down near a bridge. That's where Anthony decides, like, yeah, I'm taking this case. I definitely want to do this. Mm -hmm. It's a yeah. lot of heart-to-hearts on uh, under bridges. Yeah, a lot of heart-to-hearts -hearts under bridges. Anthony, of course, is the African-American lawyer uh in the firm and i guess elijah i think he's mixed if we're allowed to believe kind of like i think maybe that's kind of i don't know maybe that's me thinking that but uh anthony of course has a horse in this race you know this is very personal to him but he plays it very like very calm and collected uh when he uh cross-examines the the murderer you know and to to figure out if anyone if he had anything to do or if that guy influenced him by tweeting or whatever so pretty intense scene pretty intense uh stuff in this episode i don't really have any beefs do you have any Bluff City beefs here? I, I thought the, the law was pretty good. I mean, the first they, they accurately talk about the First Amendment. Of course, the name of the episode is Fire in a Crowded Theater, and Elijah has that diatribe about the, the Supreme Court case in the early 1900s about if you yell fire in a crowded theater and cause, like, a riot and people get hurt, like, is that you still protected, essentially, when you incite violence? Like, 
Uh, and, and so he uses that to his effect here and sort of like metaphors it into this situation. So I thought the law was pretty well done. Um, I, I will say one thing we discussed earlier, the tertiary characters, like the secondary plots just kind of drug in this one. Like the, the only thing you could care about is this, like w this race thing, especially in a city where, you know, let's, let's be honest. Like there's a lot of race issues here, you know, starting well before the Martin Luther King thing, but of course, like kind of hitting its, its zenith there. And then civil rights museum being built of course in that plot. And then, you know, the, the city being so culturally diverse, uh, and there, there's still a lot of issues here today. So I think it, it sort of played into that. Um, and, and honestly, I'm almost shocked that when all that stuff at Charlottesburg didn't happen, that something similar didn't happen here, you know, like, or the Ferguson, St. Louis stuff. Um, cause you know, it, it is, it is kind of an issue here. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and going along with that, so we meet uh, Anthony's wife for the first time, I believe. Yeah. And she's, you know, she's really, uh, it sounds like he used to be a police officer, and then he, now he, w he went to law school, and now he's an attorney, and she liked that job much more because it was physically safer for him. Mm -hmm. She was worried about him every day, and so him taking on this case, was she wasn't really hype about that. So she shows up at court, and the first time she does... Uh, Anthony has Sydney like escort her out. He's like, I don't want her in here because all, all the sons of light is what they call themselves. The, mm -hmm. um, the white supremacists are like pretty much threatening with their, their gazes and like any words and interactions they get are threatening Anthony and his wife, making it very uncomfortable. And so, you know, they talk about it and then she ends up like being there to support him at the end, which is pretty cool. Um, but that's the first time that we get to meet her. Mm -hmm. uh, something we didn't talk about at the very beginning. It's not really like plot related, but uh, WMC TV five is like the news. Uh, they're the ones like telling the story. So yeah. They, uh, I saw some of the reporters for uh, our, the actual channel five talking about that was their newsroom and everything. Uh, it, the actors played the anchors. None of the anchors were allowed to be in the show, but I thought that was pretty cool that they like literally used our news station. Didn't make up something. Yeah, that's cool. I, the, I credit to the showrunners too for really. I mean, it is unabashedly Memphis. You know, they're yeah. using like real sets and real places. It, it's legitimately filmed so much in the courthouse. Like they're in the courthouse library at that one point where they meet the opposing counsel, uh, which is the legitimate Shelby County courthouse library. Uh, and they do have that one set, the set where they did the trial, and this one is of course a fake set. Uh, yeah, I can I can always tell the difference. Sometimes they shoot in a real courtroom. Sometimes they shoot in their set. Looks slightly different. But it's cool, man. It's good. It's a good shout out to Memphis and the way that they're they're using the city to tell the story as well. So that's important. You know, it's something they definitely intended to do, and I think they pulled off pretty well so far. Um, you know you who any... we did not see who, in this who episode? Who's that? The ex Sydney's ex husband. I know he usually shows up. I guess he didn't have anything to say on the uh, you know the First Amendment or like <laughs> racial issues. But we do see that he's going to play heavily in next episode. And he has got a new girlfriend, man. So we're going to see oh, Sydney get kind of jelly. She's going to start dating Jake then, I bet. Probably so. Oh, I'd... great Jake moment is uh, Sydney's talking uh, to that. This motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> the other girl who works in the uh, the office. Mm -hmm. And they're just sitting there talking about something totally not about, I don't, I don't remember, about the cases or something. And Jake like walks in, puts an arm up on the door, and he's like, you ladies talking about me? And they're like, do you always think that when two girls are talking? And he's like, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Dude, what a move. Honestly, like, as much as I hate that, that's, like, something I probably would say. Like, I, I like, I would have used, you know, if I'd, if I'd encountered Jake in a past life. Like, in a, you know, like, eight years ago. 
at silly at uh silly goose yeah yeah at silly goose it's <laughs> the, the, the era of my life in which i would have gone to silly goose mm-hmm. uh but shout out jake he's got game man a, a little too much confidence though i feel like he's not actually that confident i feel like you know he's 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 probably a pretty lonely guy i imagine and i think we'll maybe delve into his love life more as the show goes on but at this point you can't hate the game nor the player yeah and speaking of lonely so sydney uh she alludes to several times in this episode that like she's afraid of being alone mm-hmm. and like Rachel, the opposing counsel who Elijah's flirts with all the time. She uh, even tries to recruit Sydney kind of away from her dad. And she mentioned something like if you want to live, you know, live on your own forever and do all this traveling and dedicate your life to work, then come join. Like what a rousing speech, but you, clearly she's kind of like, and the opposing counsel kind of reflects on like her sisters have this quote unquote normal life. And she's got this like crazy life and she doesn't know if she feels satisfied. Mm-hmm. And so I think Sydney's kind of like working her way towards being that person. if Something doesn't change. Um, so she's really trying to like bond with Emerson. Yeah. And, and at the end she, I think she audibly says to Emerson, like she's afraid of him ending up alone. And Emerson's like, well, you have your dad. And he's like, and me. And then you're like, oh, we're going <laughs> to know each other. Yeah, Sydney's about that work-life balance. You know, she she wants to change the world as written on a sticky note, uh, but she mm. also kind of wants to like go to Rum Boogie, yeah, you know, and uh, and and find a guy that's pretty or whatever. But <laughs> what she may do next episode, I think Sydney's going to get some action next episode based oh. on based on some some precursors here. But uh, you got any parting thoughts on episode four of season one of Blood City Law? No, nah, man, I think we covered it good. Cool. Well, we'll be back next week, Monday nights, after the 9 o'clock show. We will do a quick podcast and live show on it. Hope you guys have enjoyed. Uh, Check out the Barn Burner. And thanks for joining. Chief is out. I'm stepping off the bench.